Welcome to the Epiphany Movement Podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's talk from Pastor Drake Nelson. <laughs> Woo, I feel like a Rocky movie or something like, yeah. All right, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. just want to give a special thank Thank Y'all did so good, like, I mean, amazing. That was like, I don't know, did that touch y'all? That was so good. Um, and then thank the whole family for coming and, and supporting. I know it's good to have your family come and, like, you know, support. Like, I always I joke with my mom, I'm like, Mom, will you, will you come to church today? Like, will you come with me? It's uh, like, I think she may be coming next week, so, uh, you know, but anyways. Um, Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. All right, it says this, But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him face to face, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with Gentile believers who were not circumcised, but afterwards, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of the criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. And as a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy. And even Barnabas was led astray by this hypocrisy. So when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter, in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have disgraced or discarded the Jewish laws and are, are, are living like a Gentile, then why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? We're going to unpack that verse this morning, or those couple of verses this morning. But before we do that, let's pray. God, thanks for everything that you've given us. Um, just thank you for letting us be here. I pray that you would just remove me, uh, speak through me, um, remove all my distractions and all my uh, everything that I have going on. Just remove it all, God, and let, let's be in the moment. And I pray that you would just speak through it. Let us be able to collectively hear what you have to say. Um, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, whatever it is that you want to um, speak to us this morning. God, we love you and we thank you for everything that you've given us. In your name I pray, amen and amen. So me and Kat, we pretty much agree on everything. Like, this is my wife, Kat, by the way, everybody. Um, say hey, everybody, there's Kat. Okay, so there's Kat. Um, we agree on everything. It's like almost scary how similar we're, we, we, we think alike, you know? It's, it's kind of weird. But early on in our relationship, we realized there was one thing that we disagree on, Miss Lee. And you know, want to know what it was? It was music. We do not like the same type of music, okay? So you say, well, Drake, what do you like? Well, it was good being y'all's pastor. Um, it's been fun. Uh, but I like, uh, I like rap music. <laughs> so there's that, you know? He's like, you like rap music? What's going on? Okay, like Lecrae, Animedio, KB, uh, Ahaz, Gazelia, NF is my favorite. Um, new, yeah, yes, very, yeah, okay. We got the new Kanye and the, like the old Chance the Rapper, he's okay, you know? I like, I love, that's the type of music that I like. Well, Kat, um, bless her little soul. She's just such a good Christian. She loves K-Love and the other K-Country music. And you think, well, Drake, country starts with a C, not from here. 
It's K, all right? So it's either 94.7 or it's 96.3, but it's one or the other, and Kat loves country music. So when we started dating, she said, Drake, there's an up-and-coming artist. I want you to hear it. I said, okay, that's fine. So, so she turns on the new artist, and it was a girl by the name of Danielle Bradbury. Have you ever heard of her? She was on The Voice. I kind of watched The Voice, so I kind of knew a little bit. So she starts to play the song, and it goes something like this. I'm going to sing it, so cover your ears, because um, Peyton's a... Miss Pay- Terry and Mr. Payton are a little bit better than me, but I'm right there under him, okay? So you close yours. All right, it goes something like this. Took my love, <laughs> and I took it down. Do you know this song? I climbed the mountain, and I turned around. Anybody know this song? And I saw, okay, I'm done with that. I'm just <laughs> over with. All right, and so I heard this song, and I turned to Cat. I think it was Daniel Bradbury, but I turned around, and I say, Cat, she copied from the Dixie Chicks. I love the Dixie Chicks. I grew up on the Dixie Chicks. I mean, I like country music if it's like, like you know, George Strait or, or um, George Strait or, or George Strait. Like the older stuff, but, you know, but the newer stuff, not so much. But when she played something that I knew, the landslide from the Dixie Chicks, it's like, this is wrong. Well, apparently, if you don't know this, the Dixie Chicks also copied from Artists of the Year of 1979, Landslide. It has a longer title, but I'm just going to call it Landslide. From Fleetwood Mac. Have you ever heard? Yeah, you're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So Dixie Ch- so here's the point, is that they copied a copy of the copy. And it was awful. And I think sometimes... We can do the same thing. The sermon today is called, Be Careful What You Copy. Be Careful What You Copy. And I, I, this is weird, Mr. Will. I know I never have three points, but today's message has like three points, so I don't know what I'm turning over a new leaf, I guess. But the first point is this. It really is. The title of the sermon is the point, is Be Careful What You Copy. Because, y'all, when I look at my own life, and I represent, um, you're 26, I think you said, and I just turned 26, so yes, that's what I'm talking about, right? Like, when I look at our generation, and I think even some of our generations, when I look back, the, even with my own life, the biggest thing that I'm scared of is, number one, it's very, very, very difficult for us to, for us to have our own thoughts, like for, for me to genuinely think something that I think. It's easy for me to hear what someone else thinks and hear what they say and then just to assume, well, I think that because I heard it. And then number two, it's equally important, is that we can so easily copy whatever we see without asking the question, where is this, com- where is this coming from? Because hear me now, I'm about to hit you with a lot. We cannot have the world's inputs and have the word output. I'm going to say it again. We cannot have the world's inputs, but yet have the word output. And it is so easy for us to get into a situation and say, oh, this is how they do it. I see see how you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without even thinking, without even thinking, is this right? And we can copy 
crazy. We can't. Like, you say, no, 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 we can't. Yes, we can. And you know, why, you know why I know this? Because the way that people look at me when I say that, I don't watch the news. Like, if I tell somebody I don't watch the news, they look at me like, I'm about to cut your head off. Like, you have just given me coronavirus or something. It's like, crazy. It's like, but if you don't watch the news, then you won't be informed or you won't be, you know, up to date. Well, maybe not. But I also won't be crazy. So, you know? And we can copy what we see. Now, now, now hear me. We're not saying that copying is bad. Your new parent in the room. I wouldn't suggest um, that you teach Walker since everybody like walks on their feet. Walker is just going to be walking on his hands. That Walker, I'm walking right there on my hands. He's going to be walking. I probably wouldn't be a good idea to teach Walker to, um, uh, I don't know, Everybody says the ABCs, and I don't want to copy everybody else, so I'm just going to come up with my own alphabet. Probably, there are things in our life that we can copy. It's not wrong to copy anything. But what we are saying is that we need to be careful what we copy. We see it in the life of Peter because Peter, do y'all remember when Peter was in the garden and everybody came with their swords? And as they all coming up with their swords and they have their, their, their I don't know, pitchforks and their, their, their bats, they come led by none other than Judas Iscariot. And as Jesus looks and he looks and sees this huge crowd of soldiers with all their swords coming, he looks at Peter. And do you know what Peter grabs in that moment? Peter, Jesus says, hey, this is the guy, gives him a kiss, and they say, you're Coming with us, Jesus responds, you could have arrested me anywhere in the temple. I'll preach there every day. Why do you wait to the cover of night? To which Peter then grabs his fishing knife. For my birthday, it was like this um, Friday. It was the 8th, so it was like, yeah, Friday. And you know what Kat got me? She got me a Bubba fishing knife. I don't know if any of you have a Bubba fishing knife. I'm pretty pumped up about it. I hear they're really good. So he grabbed his Bubba fishing knife and just starts like slicing up people. And to which Jesus said, hey, Peter, look, if you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. But how can I relate to Peter when I see everybody else, they have their swords on social media or they have all their pitchforks ready. Everybody else is doing it, my sister says. So why can't I do it, Mom? Everybody else is going here and I can so easily become just like everybody else they got their sword they got their pitchfork I got my fishing knife so let's go what are we about to do and so easily follow what everyone else is doing point number two is this it's be careful what you envy be careful what you envy I was writing a book um just kind of actually this, this week um, working, on, working on it and there was, there was a guy that I really like his, uh, I won't tell you his name but he's a best-selling author and he's published four or five best-selling New York Times best-selling books and as he was kind of working on it um, I, I was like man I, I want to be like him you know I wouldn't mind just one book would cool, be cool to just an Amazon bestseller or something you know it doesn't have to be New York Times but that'd be cool and so I was kind of jealous and so I was copying or emulating how he was doing, and I heard a quote, and I wrote this in my journal the other day. It was, if you copy one person, you're a thief, but if you copy several people, you're a scholar. That stuck out to me, so I was like, okay, so take that for what it's worth. So I was sitting there writing, and I thought, I thought, look him up. So I did, and you know what I heard, or what I found out? He was actually in therapy when I looked him up. Um, From drug abuse and um, depression, and that's what he kind of writes about, even. Um, anxiety. He wrote one of my favorite books called Midnight Library. Um, 
I said, wow, wow. But I didn't know what it cost them. All the fame and all. And we can see people in our own lives and we can envy what they have. Well, like, look at their house. Like, oh, what I would do to give a house, but we don't see the debt that they have. Barely being able to keep themselves afloat. Oh, well, look at their job. I wish I, I would kill to have a job like that. Well, like, what if I, but we don't see what, oh, they're never with their husband or they're never with their wife or their kids. Like, or we see someone, oh, look, they're going on that vacation or that vacation or that vacation or that vacation. And we don't know what that costs them to get where they're trying to get to. And so it's easy for us to look at, oh, well, they always have the best clothes or look at other people and we can envy them so much in our hearts, but we don't know what that cost them. Be careful what we envy. Be careful what we envy. The last point is this, is that be careful of our environment. Be careful with our environment. Say, what? Um, so um, I went to New Orleans, um, and when I went to, it was like seminary, I guess is what they called it. But when I went to seminary, it was weird because we, I was always around other pastors. Pastor, 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 pastor. And as I was always around other pastors, it started to have an effect on me. Like, like you know, I, I just start telling, like, this is why I'm terrible at jokes now, because I was all around them. You know, you tell, like, biblical jokes. Ha, ha, you know, what did Jonah's parents say about his story? Oh, well, that sounds fishy. You know, it's like, what? That's the worst joke I ever had. Get out of here. But I realized when I was going around the, 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 the people from seminary, here's what I was doing. And it wasn't until someone pointed this out to me. I was not being as evangelistic as I should be because I was always around people who were Christians. And it wasn't until someone came up to me and with the hard truth said, um, Trey, why are you not sharing your faith? I mean, like, you're always around other Christians. I said, you're right. So we started doing um, New Orleans. We'd start going door to door. And we almost got shot a couple of times. We went to the 8th and the ninth Ward, so that was kind of scary. Um, I'm not recommending that. But it was because someone pointed out, and this is exactly what we see in the story from Galatians chapter 2. Paul confronts Peter, and he, when he confronts Peter, he says, Look, I know everybody's not sitting with the Jewish, uh, everybody's not sitting with the Gentiles. Okay, that's great. But Peter, why are you doing that? Just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean that you should do it too. And so Paul says, hey, wake up. You need to understand you are not, you be very careful about the environment in which we are in because our environment will affect the way that we do A, B, C, or D. Why? Because we will uncopy the environment that we are in. We will imitate the environment that we're in. So I'll give you this last story. When I was um, in high school, there's a lot that was kind of going on in my life. And it was so bad because I wanted so well, and I'm still like this to some extent, but I wanted so well to be liked. And I just wanted people to see me and recognize me and know who I was. And I wanted to lift my own popularity up. And so to do that, I would look at well, who, who else is popular. And as I was looking, they're popular, they're popular, they're popular. I would start to copy what they were doing and copy how they were acting and copy what they were wearing. And as I would realize this, there was one person that particularly stood out. And it was a guy by the name of Jackson 
wall. And I, I just so bad, I wanted to be like Jackson Wall. And my entire life was built around, can I be like Jackson? And it left me from my, from my popularity in high school. It would come to my actions on the sport field. Like, I would want to be just like this golfer by the name of Jordan Spieth, to where today I even try to dress like Jordan Spieth because I, I, I wanted to be like him so much in 2015, 2016. He was winning so many golf tournaments, and everybody wanted to be like him. And, and even when I was preaching, I, I would copy this guy by the name of Louis Giglio. I just wanted to be just like Louis. My, my ex-youth pastor uh, called me Little Louis because I would listen to him all the time. And I was always surrounding myself, whether it was from Jackson or Jordan or Louis, I always was wanting to be someone else, and I was wanting to copy someone else and how they were living and how, what they were doing. And even as I come here, I've seen that to be true even now because sometimes if I'm just being honest with you, I'll ask myself, um, Mr. Art has the most witty replies ever. And I'll ask myself, what would Art respond to this? He would have some witty, funny joke, you know. How would he respond? And I'll find myself doing it all over again. And this week, I was reading in Ephesians, and it was Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And here's what it said. It said, don't imitate the world. Don't imitate him or her. Don't imitate your co-workers. Don't imitate the world. Instead, who should we imitate? And the Word said this, imitate Christ. Imitate Christ, for He is our example of the Father. And so let me beg you, let me plead with you. We're going to copy some things that we see. But be very careful what you copy. And when you say, I want to be like them, I want to do this, or I see how they're doing it, or, oh man, look at their house, let me ask you. Be very sure that in your life you're asking yourself, let me imitate Christ. How would he handle this situation? What would he do in this situation? Ask yourself that, and then walk in it. Ask yourself that, and then walk in it. Let's pray. God, thank you for everything that you've given to us. God, thank you for the example that you said, even as you died and you came and that you rose again, God, you have let us now be the hands and the feet, God. Your hands and your feet, God. We have the Holy Spirit in us, and I know today was a really quick sermon and it was a really quick message. But God, I pray that the impact of it will be so monumental that we won't have to look elsewhere to get our example, that Christ, you are our example, and that we would follow where you have already led. And in doing that, we would lead many others in a godly example because people are always watching what we do. In your name I pray, amen and amen.